Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast. AthlonSports.com, of course, rate, review, and subscribe. Podcast at AthlonSports.com is the email address. Mitch Light, Braden Gall. You can follow us on the Twitters at AthlonMitch, at Braden Gall. Of course, uh, follow us there. Interact that way. Um, we continue our series with the second of a series of ranking the programs slash ranking the jobs. Uh, and again, Mitch, for those that do not know, we'll give a quick rundown of the criteria again, sort of the, the, the thesis. This is season three of this uh, series because season one was 2010 in the magazine. Season two was 2014. We have now come back because you kind of have to let things change over time to, to readjust these rankings because these are not about current rosters, current players, current coaches, current ADs. It's about how good your program is inherently. Well, that's a good lead-in because one of the programs in this conference – we haven't done our national. We've we've gone conference by conference. Later next week, we will rank one all one. Yeah, that'll be programs. at the end of the whole thing. But one program in this conference will, I'm say it's safe to say, will make the biggest climb. There were 21 when we first did this in 2010, and we I'm sure you know you can probably figure out which one has climbed well, in the it, top five. Yeah, and it climbed a lot in 2014. It already yeah. it made that climb a couple yes. of years so, ago, so but it stepped up even further. So. I will read the intro. From the 2010 magazine. That, okay. that, uh, Basically the thesis of what this exercise... By the way, this is the ACC yes. version of this. We have ranked every program in the country based on the attractiveness of the position from a coaching perspective. We considered many factors, tradition, facilities, location, money. But in the end, we simply asked ourselves the following question. Where would we want to coach? So we're free agent coaches, yep. all 130 jobs, or in this case, 14 jobs in the ACC. Say Coach Braden Gall. Where would you want to coach? And, and we're trying – I think we should try to take our personal biases out of this. For example, in the SEC version, I we all love Athens. I try to take my personal love of Athens, the city, out of it because not every coach loves Athens more than they would love Gainesville or Fayetteville or, or whatever. You have to sort of take that – you have to take, like, your personal love of a city out of it. I think Athens is inherently so. a – no, it's better great. place to live than other places. But it doesn't mean that the coach who's free agent would want to live in Athens versus Tuscaloosa. He may love Tuscaloosa. So you, you have to sort of take the you have to try to take your personal feelings out of it. Some people want to live in a small town, some people want to live in a big city. There's just that's just sort of a different thing. Um, I the criteria that you mentioned there, I'll, I've, we explained this on the last pod. I explained it in the write up there, but I think lo, like you know access to talent is a big factor, and that doesn't change over time populations can change which we've seen has affected and in this podcast we'll discuss programs like Syracuse that has affected Syracuse Pittsburgh it's affected a program like Pittsburgh um, so your access to talent which is essentially geography location your history and tradition is sort of the proof of concept it's not a real reason to rank a team one or six or eleven or twelve but it sort of proves all the things we think about that program evidence that that it's real uh, and then of course support which comes in the way of Fan support, financial support, administrative support, essentially money. Too much support yeah. can be a negative in uh, it, yes, uh, it program can. that we've talked about in the last one. You know, cert certain schools have a history of over-meddling. Florida State might qualify in this category in that FSU Twitter's a little crazy from time to time. Yes. We, um, I, the way... But the ACC doesn't have a lot of that. No, the, the SEC has a, has a monopoly on most of I this. I kind of liked the way we, fra we, we framed Georgia. Georgia has like... 100% buy-in from its fans. 
which is the perfect number, where other schools are like 110%, and they're a little too crazy. So you liked your line. I liked my line. It was, I, it was okay. a tremendous line. I got, I got it. All right, so we're focusing on ACC today. Uh, I think we're, I think I'm going to throw you a curveball and include Notre Dame. So we'll drop Notre Dame into this conversation because it's a pseudo-ACC member I've, anyway. I've never been good curveballs. Because I think Notre Dame and Miami are the exact inverse of each other as far as qualities that you like about a program versus you could switch, versus if, weaknesses, if right? you could put Notre Dame and Miami. Combine if, the two of them. If you could combine the just, two of them. just trade them. You would have – Well, no, you need the positives of, of one yeah. and the positives of the other. And all of a sudden, you might have a perfect program. But but what would the opposite of that be? A MAC program? Yeah, the opposite <laughs> would be Kansas. Toledo? No. <laughs> Sorry, don't mean to pick on Kansas. Uh, so let, let's get started. Again, we, we these are our personal rankings, how we rank the jobs. We'll agree with some stuff. We'll disagree with some stuff. The number one debate, though, and it is the only debate at the top of this league, and that is which job is a better job, Florida State or Clemson? And I, there are great cases to be made for both of them. So, Mitch, I want you to make the case for both schools to be number one, and then we'll reveal who we think is number one. Well, I think the, the case for Clemson is, to use your phrase, proof of concept. They have won two national championships. They have proven they can get it done. For years and years, it was a quote-unquote sleeping giant. We talked about, oh, they won a title in 81. It's the most SEC-like of ACC schools with fan support, and, and they've got great access to players, but they hadn't done it. Well, well, and they hadn't invested, frankly. Yeah, well, they, they had not built the. They had. They I'm didn't making have the, the case. They didn't have the brick and mortar. Yes. Well, so, up until just a few years ago. So they they made the the questionable, controversial hire of Dabo Sweeney, which all of us were like, okay, we'll see if it works out. He started to win. He got the university on board and said, "Here's what we need to do." He did a lot of things like his salary. You know, he paid his assistants, and then it just they started to win. And then the brick and mortar followed, and the, the facilities, the commitment is unparalleled, definitely in the league and probably in the country right now. So that is the case for Clemson. The case for Florida State is they've been a dominant program in college football for 40 years. They've won national championships. They've come very close to other national championships. They were the premier program we in the this, ACC the second they showed up. If we did this three years ago, even if coming off Clemson's national title, there probably would not have been a debate. It would have been Florida State. Uh, there are some things. What are the negatives about Florida State? There are okay in-state recruiting. You you think it's hard? You think it's a worse recruiting I'm just, base than Clemson? Say, I, I'm not. This isn't necessarily negative in comparing it to Clemson. This is a negative, per, potential negative with the job. You are one of three quote unquote superpowers. If you're going to include Miami as a great program, it's Miami is a superpower in recruiting. It's you, called yeah yeah. So you, you're one of three programs in the state. So star player from Tampa. You got to fight for them. Where if you're Clemson star player from you know, you, you're, yeah, but there's no players from South Carolina yeah, relative okay. to Florida. I, I think Clemson, I, Clemson. So I think the recruiting I, I base discussion with, is interesting. And we can. I, I don't know all of the politics of Florida State, but there's a that very, I think is actually the there's negative. a weird yeah that's what I'm talking. There's a weird, very weird structure the way the university and fundraising. It's not easy to get things done. I'm not saying the school's not on board, but there, there's a lot of red tape, a lot of bureaucracy that really frustrated Jimbo Fisher, where I think Dabo Sweeney can pick up the bat phone and get things right. done I, and I can't I, get done at Florida State. I think it's a, a good way to put it is I think Clemson is a little bit more in line together, pulling in the right direction with its commitment towards its football program, whereas Florida State, maybe, maybe there's, like you said, some extra stuff there that maybe makes it a little less, again, still extremely committed. Um, I, I think... I just there's something you know again had we done this four years ago there would not have been a debate it would have been Florida State and I don't I don't know really why we would change 
just because because some of those things have come to light that we didn't necessarily know about, and maybe that's true. In, in, as in, in but is that fa- people in charge of academia? Is that people in but, charge of? Well, I, I think facilities and your commitment is more important now than ever. Yeah, it was true. important five years ago, but it's more important now. It was important ten years ago. So as those things become more important, anything that hinders that affects your program. And and Florida being a, is basically three states, right? You've got South Florida, you've got Florida, and you've got the Panhandle. So in theory. Miami is the the premier program of South Florida. Florida is the premier program of Florida. And then Florida State is the premier program in the panhandle. Now, I, I would argue that their recruiting bases are rather similar in that Florida State has to go into Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, South Florida, Florida. Well, Clemson has to go into everybody else's backyard to build their roster, right? They've got to go into Georgia and beat Georgia. They've got to go into Florida and beat all those Florida schools. They've got to go into North Carolina and beat North Carolina, go into Tennessee and beat Tennessee. So I, th- their recruiting bases are actually, I think, probably pretty similar, not too different. Um, I think there is a more lined-up level of commitment for Clemson than Florida State. There's something just a little... Again, we're splitting hairs because Florida State is a premier program, an elite program, one of the best in the country. I do think that we could make the case that Clemson is the best job and the best program. I, I think Death Valley and Howard's Rock and the whole hill and all that stuff is a little bit more charming... I would agree. ...than Doak Campbell and Tallahassee. So, um, And I would say I mean, Florida up, State's support is is good, but it's not elite. They're, you'll find empty I, seats in Doak Campbell. I think Campbell. it's a little crazier in a good way at Clemson. So I think I might go Clemson number one, Florida State number two. My problem, I'm really trying to he- I'm trying to hedge against recency bias because. But a lot's changed about the program. The, the Clemson, it's a different program than it was. So so years Clemson ago. has won 17 ACC championships and joined in 53 when the ACC launched, which is actually makes the ACC fun to, to grade because it's sort of all modern, right? It's not like but the a lot SEC. of the teams haven't been in it for a while. But that makes it more difficult. Whereas Florida State has 15 titles in just 27 years. So the titles per year under Florida State, the proof of concept, vastly more successful Florida State. Yeah. So it, all these little things that we're sort of splitting hairs about and giving Clemson the edge, it, Florida State's dominance cannot be overlooked. Now, was that just one guy in an ACC that was was well, Jimbo Fisher won sort the of winnable? Championship. Right, but I'm saying that the the, the, tw- the the all of the titles over all those years, starting in 1992 or whatever when they when they joined, was all with one coach and that run of dominance in the 90s where all the – and, again, this is the problem I have. Clemson was still in the league, and when we said it was the Florida State – great. And it was Florida State and the nine dwarfs, right? Like, they were one of the dwarfs. I think so, that was the frustration of Clemson fans. They saw the landscape and said, we should be with them. We're better than okay. Maryland. We're better than North Carolina. Just for a little – and this is kind of what I teased. Does that, make, does that make sense, yeah. though? Like, well, yeah, I mean, Is I, there too I much recency bias by saying Clemson's the best program in the ACC? I don't – I understand why you're – worried about that but okay. i think the clemson program is just different than it was it's not like okay. that's north, Car- north carolina just jumped up and won 11 games one right year. okay we had clemson 21 nationally uh and when we did this in the magazine in 2010 my guess is florida state at seven they'll clearly be a top five um if not higher so yeah well, I, think, I don't know about i don't know about that that's okay. true well, okay maybe maybe we'll, so. we'll get to it we'll get to it we'll so tease uh, for future podcasts no debate on the top two i no rational yeah. person would have another school number there, i think there's an interesting debate in three four i mean i was pretty clear with my three i'm pretty clear with my number three this is the debate here to me is notre dame okay I, which i have i have miami at three i think it's a clear three when you've won five national championships in three different decades and Virginia Tech has only been to one national title game. I don't think you can make the case for anybody other than Miami. 
they have the reason Miami is not on the same tier as Florida State and my and, and Clemson, however, is because of private camp, private school, smaller campus, not no, on not no on campus, campus facility. You know, and the, they haven't done it in a while. The fan support is a little bit, you know, corkier than than your We're almost average. Two decades removed from an elite Miami team. Yeah, About exactly. 17, 18 years. Yeah, and and so I, I think that, and, and while that doesn't change the the recruiting base as being probably the best recruiting base in all of college football, right? I mean, Dayton Broward County is makes their access to talent one of the premier jobs. They just sort of are always going to be academics, incredibly important, private school. You know, it's just a, it's just an odd it's an odd university, and it sort of is the inverse of Notre Dame, which is. You know, unbelievable level of fan support. All of the the sort of the charm and the gravitas of a of Great a regular campus game day a, environment, right? Like it's it, it's sort of like the quintessential college football experience, right? The touchdown Jesus and the beautiful campus and the and it's in the middle of nowhere where there are no football players. So it's the sort of the polar opposite of Miami. I think I would have Miami ahead of Notre Dame, but. I, I, I can see both sides of that coin. I would have Miami at three, probably Notre Dame at four. If I if we were slotting Notre Dame into this list, I would have those two as the next two on a tier behind Florida State and Clemson. It's a great debate. I mean, if you're a coach and all you care about was winning a national title. I would go to Miami. Probably go to Miami. Yep. If I'm a coach that appreciates college football – being the big man on campus and the great game day and just just Notre Dame football so important to that community and that student body. If that is more important to you, you Notre Dame's your school. But it's then you very hard. It's harder to win big at Notre Dame today than it's ever been before. And it's cold and it's dreary up there a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally why Notre Dame is in South Bend. All the preachers got stuck in a snowstorm and built a campus. Like that's that's. That's what happened. As I told my wife when I got home from Notre Dame this year, it's sort of like the Battle Creek of northern uh, Northern Indiana. That's a Michigan reference, I believe, uh, yes, right? Yes, she's from Battle Creek, Michigan. Yes, she is. Um, it's not a compliment. So, so Miami, number three for you? I think so. I think it's clearly a cut above Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I do too. Virginia Tech has a, a lot going for it. So you know, if we were slotting Notre Dame, we would slot them in at number four. Yeah, okay, but let's, so let's take them out. Take then. them out. So I've got Virginia Tech at four. You know, they were on the cusp of breaking into like college football royalty towards the end of the the uh, uh, Frank Beamer era. They've slid back a little bit, which I know we're not. Haven't missed a bowl game, though. So. Yes, they have. Haven't they? Nope. Have not missed 26 a bowl? 26 straight. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. Um, They've been they, in the ACC 15 years, yeah. and they have been to a bowl game in all 15 of them. Great in-state recruiting. Now, the, 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 the most fertile area is probably 3-4. I don't know, four or five hours away. Uh, but, no, but, but they've dominated that, that area. Yeah. They've beaten Virginia. When it comes to the Hampton, Tidewater, Roads 757 recruiting base, Virginia Tech has dominated. And they they also showed under Beamer they would go into Pennsylvania and get some of the best players. Um, I want to say that it was Kevin Jones yes, who sort of flipped, running back from flipped that. Philadelphia area, I believe. Um, but I just think it's consistency. Like, they great have great some, environment. They have some other success pre-Beamer, too. It's not like it's just one guy that did it for 30 years and that's it. Um, but the fans are amazing. The stadium is gorgeous. The campus is beautiful. It is sort of in the middle of nowhere, so you sort of have it, to – It is. You have to like being in the mountains sort of by yourself with not much to do other than the mountains, which is – they are – the the. The Hokie Stone campus is gorgeous. I mean, Jer- it is, Jerry Claiborne, excuse me, in, in like the late '60s, for, went on to coach Kentucky. Uh, late '60s uh, as an independent, 
you know. I, I just think they the, were good. The, the level of consistency in, in every, like they're an independent, they were good. They were in the Big East, they were good. They're in the ACC, they've been good. And they've won ACC titles, they've competed for ACC titles, they've never missed a bowl game. The fans are great, the stadium is great, the atmosphere is awesome, the brand is solid. The, I, I don't Football's think it, important there. It, it's not an elite level of financial commitment. But it's as it's as good as you're going to get with the rest of these teams because I think this they are the best of a fascinating a big mess of teams blob in the ACC. of teams that quite frankly a lot of it just depends on who the coach is at that time like you know I tend to agree it's very hard to disseminate or, or dis, discriminate no don't discriminate we don't discriminate on this podcast differentiate differentiate there we go it's hard to dis- differentiate between <laughs> probably the next four five or six schools. And I think Virginia Tech is the top of that list. If if you were to go four, five, six yeah. names down, I I think all these schools are pretty even, and it's hard to dis- differentiate. Differentiate. So a lot of it's who, the coach, you know, who's in place at the time, who your athletic director is at that time, and so and, far we're we're we've agreed this is not good. Yeah, and, and sometimes like we, we talk yelled about, at each other on the SEC I know, podcast. I was right. Talk about and, and sometimes Erroneous. with schools like we talked about South Carolina, you can get lucky now. Give them credit. They got those players. But there was a run of three or four years where some of the best players in the country were in South Carolina, and South Carolina got some. So let's say you're at – I would. And what's funny is I would put South Carolina at like four or five on this list, and they're probably, what, nine, eight or no, nine eight. in the SEC? No, they're consensus eight yeah. by us. All right, I so, went with my number five on the list. I don't feel good about mine, but I've got them at five. My Go number on. five on the list was North Carolina State. Me too. Now, I think North Carolina State and Georgia Tech are – they're not identical. They have different strengths and weaknesses, but I have them dead even on my list. I've got NC State 5, Georgia Tech 6, and I'm not sure there's a difference between I've got, the two. Okay, I've got NC State 5, Louisville 6, Ooh. Georgia Tech 7. So I think Georgia Tech has far more proof of concept at a high level than Louisville. Here's what I call talk Georgia so, Tech. I said they have... a much better recruiting base. They have few, few non-elite programs in the country have a higher floor. Than Georgia Tech? Yes. They're always they're never gonna stink. That is why I've got them above Louisville. And here's a stat Louisville sucks sometimes. Here's a stat that'll <laughs> surprise you, and I've brought it up in the podcast and but dating back to ninety five, Georgia Tech has been five hundred or better in the ACC all but one season. That's a remarkable string of consistency. They they've had a lot of ten win seasons. Not all of those were in the ACC. But they've got challenges. We've talked about it. You know, it's in your in your city. You're not the most popular team. Georgia is more popular than Georgia. Probably Tech. so. And and you have to recruiting. Appeal, you have to appeal to a urban. It's an urban campus that is truly urban, like right in the middle of downtown on I-65, and not I-65, or seventy five. Yes. Sorry. And then there, you have to take like six math classes in your first two it's years or school. whatever. Male female ratio is really bad. It's a really great school academically, so that's a challenge. Like. But they also have a national championship in the last 30 right. years. Like some schools. And are, lots of division titles. Are differ- Some schools are quote unquote good schools and might be kind of hard to get into. But I don't think they're that hard once you're there. Georgia Tech is a school that might. It's yes. difficult to get into. They, they, they don't have a ton of majors. And you've got to take like calculus as and a And they got a lot player. of dudes. There's yeah. a lot of dudes on that campus. Yeah, it's 70, like 70% male. It's yeah. dudes everywhere. Um, I, I like Georgia Tech a lot. I think the recruiting bit, and this is where it, what has changed a little bit for me, and it's why I'm so fascinated with Jeff Collins moving forward. I, I think that Georgia Tech's recruiting base has improved almost better than anybody else in the ACC because Georgia has continued to grow. Well, we're going to talk about Pittsburgh and Syracuse losing population. Georgia has risen, and the state of Georgia has passed California. It is now one of the premier recruiting bases in America, and frankly, 
Paul Johnson probably didn't capitalize on that enough in state. I think Jeff Collins, even though he won, even though he won, and again, a lot of winning between you know under him and the previous regime with Joe Hamilton. I, mean, I just think Georgia Tech's a good, a much better program. Old stadium, lots of history and tradition. It's a cool place. I've Fans, been there. It's a great stadium. I've, I've been to games there too. So I, I think it's very. I think it's an underrated program that with the right coach, even though there's some academic hurdles, that the right coach from Conyers, Georgia, old Waffle House boy. Jeff Collins, I think he gets the job done recruiting, and I think that's where we see Georgia Tech. That's why I've got them ahead of Louisville because Louisville doesn't have the recruiting base, doesn't have the history and tradition. It's got higher-level success, but in easier conferences. That's why I have Georgia Tech, and we have not even talked about our number five school, NC State, yet. Yeah. But Georgia Tech has some really unique challenges, and that's what yeah, makes so it I, interesting. I want to preface this. I don't, you, you mentioned, okay, well, I'll go five NC State, six Louisville, seven Georgia Tech, eight North Carolina, nine Virginia. To me, that's that next tier, and I I don't. Feel I agree with that. We could you could talk like you're you're in the you're close to talking me into Georgia Tech over Louisville. Um, Louisville needs to win a division at the power. Yeah, five here's level. something they've never I, done. I don't that, know right? if I considered enough. Georgia Tech is in the coastal. Louisville's in the Atlantic. If you're going to coach, am I going to get you to change your rankings here? I think so. If you're a coach, See? you want to go to the coastal. I I, t- I think in the current construct but that's what of the league, that's what hurts NC State though too. It, and I was talking to Stephen Lassen about this, who was part of our little committee of three. We're going to have on the podcast. I next almost week. had Georgia Tech at five. He was like, NC State's tough because of the coastal. Do you want to yep. play Florida State? Assuming we're going to assume Florida State's not going to be a 500 program, you got Clemson, you got Florida State. And, and and those are things that on a dime could switch if all of a sudden they reorganized the right. divisions or took away divisions. All of a sudden, that's not a factor anymore. But cur- as it currently sits, it's a factor that it's much easier to win the Coastal than it is to go up against Clemson and Florida State every year and win the Atlantic. So that is a factor. I could be argued. I, I think I could talk myself into Georgia Tech at five. I, I just think there's a lot of there's, I, a, there's a lot of proof of concept agreed. there. Great recruiting base. The math and the academic thing is really truly the only thing that kind of holds it back. Um, and it's not really a college town. It's not, you know, if and again, Georgia's the dominant you know, from a fan, from an interest, you know, I, I, fr- good friends in Atlanta from a media standpoint, Georgia Tech's um, it's an afterthought with the, it's a pro sports town with Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, and, and, and so that's t- to talk NC state here for a second, then who I've got at five Georgia tech six, I might, I might even <laughs> flip them here on the podcast. The, the, that thing you're talking about, NC state's the biggest football program in North Carolina. It's it, not. It's it's not our, it should be. There's four ACC teams in the state. They should be the best. They, they, and they are right as now. Far, as far as fan support, stadium atmosphere, the crowd. Carter Finley Stadium is the best place to watch a football game in the state of North Carolina, outside of maybe Boone. Um, <laughs> it, it is it, like so. That thing you're talking about when you compare Georgia and Georgia Tech in the state of Georgia and in Atlanta, I I think you know North Carolina basketball fans are or, or football fans are really basketball fans. Duke and Wake Forest aren't really in the conversation, so it's sort of just between NC and NC State. And NC State, from a fan support, crowd, history, and success standpoint, here's what's crazy, though. So while saying all of that, why is it that NC State has had one double-digit win season in the history of their program? Uh, as I call them in my write-up, a chronic underachiever. It's it's. Yeah, so does NC State need to start being talked about the way we used to talk about A&M or UCLA or Clemson? Or Clemson? I mean, is that something we should be saying more is no, NC State should be better? I don't think so because there is another – I don't know. I was going to say there's another in-state school that has just as much right to success. but like North Clemson, Carolina has had far more Right, Clemson had South Carolina. When, you know, I don't look at – I don't perceive NC State like I used to perceive Clemson, like I now perceive UCLA, Texas A&M. It's not the 
you know, it's not the ninety thousand seat stadium. It's yeah, just, it's, uh, it's not. It's not the sleeping giant. Is it like a sleeping really tall guy? Like, is it a sleeping NBA player? Is it a sleeping like ogre? Like, it's it's not because Texas A&M has Texas, UCLA has California, Clemson has a, a better recruiting base. But the, my point is, is that if Clemson is the sleeping giant, their recruiting base isn't that much different than NC State's. Is it? Because In fact, how far is Raleigh? How yeah. far is Raleigh from 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 upstate? Upstate what? South Carolina? Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, Charlotte's very close to, to Charlotte, South Carolina, like which I, is a North, which is Chapel Hill west right i mean what is charlotte charlotte charlotte's in north carolina university of north carolina city it, it is a i don't know enough about they they they, they are <laughs> it's a it's a tar heel city charlotte's a tar heel city okay for sure um so i mean nc state it's a, it's a fascinating program we're, we're trying to figure out why it's not better and you can leave the stadium go drink and go back into the stadium oh, you can yes re-entry baby that alone makes you better than north carolina <laughs> Are you sure you can't do that in North Carolina? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you've been known one. to just say things on the podcast. I think that aren't it's the true. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to hear some feedback. Like this is an interesting discussion. Like I, I NC State, like why haven't you been better? Is, is they haven't had the right coach? I, I don't. And and it's not even that. Like they are competitive, pretty fair. Like under Dave Dorn, under Chuck Amato. Like, like when Tom O'Brien left Boston College, I thought you know he they had Russell Wilson. He and, he overachieved. He did a great job at BC. I think like, this is a good coach. He comes from the George Wells tree at, at, at Virginia. He knows how to win. And he did okay there, but he didn't do great. And, and that's the thing is that they're never – it's never terrible. It's always solid. But, but to, again, have never reached – even with their best teams under Dave Doran, a lot of NFL talent could not get over the hump to 10 wins. And that could be the Clemson-Florida State thing currently. That, that could be where – if Dave Doran was in the Coastal, he might have had a division title already, right? Like maybe those teams were like good George, enough. They might have Georgia Tech level of success what, where they would break through. Right, and what's funny is they actually beat Florida State that year. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just think I think NC State could should be more successful on the football field than it is based on its – Like we – NC unless State, we're missing we believe something, in you. We believe in you. We have you five. Unless there's something we're missing from an administrative disconnect support that we're missing, unless we just don't know the inner workings of, of that politically – then maybe that's what it could be. But otherwise, the recruiting in that state is very good. You've got access to players in the states above you, below you, and west of you that are very good. Georgia's right there. You can go in and get players. It, it is and, – and Dave Jordan has actually done that. Yeah, but he, it just – what, what you just said kind of just hammers the point even more. Watch the NFL draft last few years. So many good players from NC State, yeah. and they, they won – not, they did they had nice seasons, but they didn't have great seasons. So I have NC State 5, Georgia Tech 6, Louisville 7, North Carolina 8. So let's dive into Louisville and North Carolina. I know your order might be slightly different. I've got but, North Carolina 6, Carolina 8. Um, so let's go. So Louisville to me is fascinating because their rise to prominence has been probably faster than any other program as far as the national rankings. Um, I still think that there are some obstacles it's a very urban thing it's it, you know it's a city um it, it has to compete with a bigger budgeted let's say now they're a better program football wise than kentucky but kentucky is the brand in the state it is yes. it is the more important brand uh in that state you can go into ohio and get players they've done um, well in florida you can and they've done great in florida i think the recruiting base and the newness of the program in power five football is what holds them down for me. Um, obviously, we just saw part of the reason they rose to prominence was a lot of corruption, right, at a lot of different levels. So I could be talked into moving Louisville down even further, actually. In, I, in I would love list. to get five 
coaches of different ages in here truth serum and just ask the Louisville NC State question. And well, I think, you, same, I think you, they're, I think, they're in the same division. There's not not like well, I'm going to. I go. would add Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia Tech to that list and just yeah. say, describe why you would take job, which job, and I think you might get five coaches with five five different answers. I mean, it, it's yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating. Because what, what Chapel Hill and Charlottesville have to sell you is phenomenal places to live. That's what it, like what I, gorgeous campuses, beautiful quintessential awesome experiences to live in Chapel Hill and Charlottesville, which is not Louisville, not Georgia Tech. If right? I if you ask me of all these places that in this grouping where I'd want to live the least, it'd probably be Louisville. <laughs> I now I have an affinity because I spent a lot of time yeah. in Louisville, but it's not a bad place. I just I would rather live in Chapel I, Hill. I'd rather live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'd rather live in Atlanta, and I hate Atlanta, <laughs> and I've lived there. And I'd rather live in Atlanta, but but Chapel Hill and Charlottesville are just awesome. Like they're just great places to hang out. Great food in North Carolina and Chapel Hill. Uh, there is a disconnect for North Carolina from a commitment standpoint from not only the administration but the fans. I don't know what it is, but if if the here let's put it this way, if the way that they demand excellence from their basketball program was the same in the football program, they would be near the top of this list, close to Miami and Florida State, as a premier national institution. There's nothing, not, on the surface, there's nothing not to like about North Carolina. It, I think it's there is a disconnect between demand. It's It's got a pack, you know what it is? It's a Pac-12 football program. There, That's what it is. There's a reason North Carolina, I wrote, hasn't won a league title since 1980 and has only once strung back-to-back winning ACC seasons since the 90s. Since the 90s, only one time have they had back-to-back winning ACC seasons. Yeah. And now they had a lot of success under Mac Brown the first time. They had a nice season under Fedora. They've had pockets of success. So I, that's why I, I moved North Carolina ahead of Virginia because at least there is some high-level success along the way for North Carolina. But I think it's because you're overcoming that disconnect of passion and lack of maybe support or resources and, and accomplishing something. And I think Mac Brown you know, did a great job of that, of kickstarting that program. Um, I, I could be talked into moving North Carolina ahead of Louisville, to be honest with you. It, it, it there to your point. There's nothing not to like about it. I just think it's a it's a Pac-12 football program. That's the best way I can explain it. Yeah, that I don't. That it, makes it, sense. I don't it, really know how to explain it, the, but it just makes like, sense. It's almost like they're too. The fans are too chill about it. Like what makes North Carolina basketball North Carolina basketball is the fans demand excellence, right? Like you don't go into the Dean Dome and watch a fifteen and fifteen team. You don't. If you do that, you get fired. They, they, North Carolina basketball fans demand excellence. Well, it's easy to say that because the program's so good. But they, but that's don't. It's chicken and the egg, snake eating its tail. I get all of that. But like, if a coach is bad at North Carolina in basketball, you get fired immediately. If you're bad at North Carolina in football, you get another job. You, you can stay as long as you want. It's just a, there's a different level of expectation, and I think that's the, that's what makes North Carolina. Okay, I'm not saying we need to end this discussion, but based on what you said there. Why is Virginia different than North Carolina? It has it, all of this. It's, it, it's it, not. It, it has all of the same positives from no tradition, but it's got all of the same positives from a school uh, location where you'd want to live. I think they are identical. North Carolina has had a little bit more success over the years Virginia's, than Virginia. Yeah. So I have North Carolina at eight, Virginia at nine. That's why I have North Carolina ahead of Virginia because I think they're identical. One's won a little bit more. And so I'm going to put North Carolina. I mean, you just re- you haven't had back-to-back winning seasons. It's not like they've won a right. lot, but they've had pockets of ten-win seasons where they're winning a lot of games, and so that's why I put them ahead of Virginia. Uh, North Carolina might know. have a little better recruiting base, but there's more competition for players in state with leagues and teams in your league. Pretty equal recruiting bases, probably. 
Um, fan support might actually be better for Virginia, to be honest with you. Um, st- but the stadiums and the campuses are both like just beautiful and fun to be at and just, just quite lovely. They're just lovely places. Like I want to go back to college. Also, a lot of pleated khakis on both of those campuses. If you're not a Duke, if you're not a North Carolina or Virginia person and you're an outsider looking in, you kind of be like, why are you guys all wearing the same polo shirt? <laughs> I'm allowed to talk about Virginia because my family lives there. So I've been to Charlottesville a lot. I've been once. It was great. It's beautiful. Um, all right, so I've got NC State 5, Georgia Tech 6, Louisville 7, North Carolina 8, Virginia 9. What is your order? Um, NC State 5, I'm switching. I'm going Georgia Tech 6, yes. Louisville 7, North Carolina 8, Virginia 9. So we match up then? Yes. All right. All right, let's get to the bottom half. And I... These next two I'm going to put on a tier. Me too. I agree. Pittsburgh and Syracuse. Pittsburgh's had a lot of not bad seasons. <laughs> Does that make sense? Is that, is, that the, is that their marketing? They don't have a lot of great seasons. They obviously were great in the 70s. They don't have a lot of great seasons. But if you look at their year-by-year, year-over-year records, there's not a lot of like 1-11, 2-9. and nine. Program's got a good they, floor. They have a lot of 6-7-8 win seasons, a lot of them, over a long period of time with a lot of different coaches. So, I, I have Pittsburgh at 10, Syracuse at 11, strictly sort based on... Access so, to talent. Access to talent, yes. Th- th- they both have unique challenges in the stadium. What, one thing one I, plays in a pro, yeah. pro building, like one of them that. plays that, in the that, carrier. That, that like would really bother me as No, it's a, a bad... It's a negative. I don't want to play in a pro stadium. I, I, I never feel like I'm watching... When I'm watching a pit game, that I'm watching a good environment. Like, even when I they agree. played Penn State, and it was full, and I, mean, I know a lot of It was of a great State environment fans, for those games. But it doesn't... It just feels different to me. I think the NF, having to play in the NFL building is a major problem. I, I think it's an issue for Pittsburgh. There, there's no, there's no lack of, there's a lack of identity. There's no identity there for Pitt football. The other major issue for both of these programs is that all of the people have moved away from their states. That that is the number one issue. Otherwise, Pitt and Syracuse. If we did this 20 years ago, Pitt and Syracuse might be fourth and fifth on this list ahead of everybody else. Here, here, S- Syracuse. But because there are no football players in New York, and there are far fewer football players in Pennsylvania, also Penn State. Pittsburgh is sort of in the like Pittsburgh's sort of behind enemy lines in the Big Ten, where you're sort of in between Michigan Ohio State, Penn Ohio State. State, and Penn State. Yeah. And and Syracuse at least has its own thing. It's up there, way right. up there. But like, Sy- Syracuse, the people are gone, the players are gone, the industries are gone, the blue collar's gone, all those athletes are gone. Here's what I wrote about Syracuse. A national power in the fifties and sixties and a consistent top twenty program in the eighties and nineties. That's a lot of good. Syracuse there. has tumbled down the food chain since the turn of the century. It obviously can be done. Dino Babers won 10 games last year, but the Orange have too many built-in disadvantages yeah. compared to many other programs in the league. Yeah, that's fair. And and Pittsburgh is sort of all of those things, but a, but they're a little bit better situated right now, right? Yeah. So like, And I don't love the, the Carrier Dome. I've been there for football. It's not really. It's, it support's okay. It's, it's, like, it's yeah. like watching a football game in a mall. <laughs> That's a great line. I'm going to steal that. Um, so I've got Pitt at 10, Syracuse at 11. Now because, our next school. Because those two okay. programs have far more success than the last group. Last now, Number 12, group. Boston College at 12, better history than most people realize. How did they do it is my question. How is it possible? There's nobody going to games. There's nobody. There's no players. There's no recruiting base. How are they any? How have they ever won anything? They've been they they they're rarely bad. Great academic school, despite you know they had some they had some bad years there with Indy Spaziano, but they they've had some you know Matt Ryan era, they Jack Dinsky, they had I, some I really know. good teams. Tom O'Brien went to like eleven bowls in a row. Or whatever. Now can they survive long term in the ACC? 
landscape being the northernmost outpost. That's that's the well, one that Syracuse concerns me. Syracuse is the northernmost outpost. I think Boston College is further north. The, oh, geography debate. Yes. Geography <laughs> debate. Okay, so Syracuse is up there, right? Isn't it? It's not up by Buffalo, but it's it's upstate, right? Boston College. How Give far, me the lines of long latitude, latitude, latitude from Syracuse. Then this will show me a little map and if it Okay. All right. I want to know. Syracuse is... I'm going to win one. What would you say? Syracuse is further Syracuse north? Syracuse is further north. And uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Unlike One's in the you, city. I will readily admit when I'm wrong. Oh, I, I won't continue to debate it. I admitted that Wisconsin was south of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I it's, a, it's, it's, it's probably about 30 miles north. It is, it is but it, I think it's more outposty. Oh, yeah, outposty? Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, it's way more well, of an outpost. It's definitely outposty. Yeah, but Chestnut Hill is right in the middle of a massive city, so... So, you know, the thing about BC is location's an issue, but being the only ACC school in the area, I mean, because Boston, Syracuse is pretty far. How, how far a drive is that, by the way, from Syracuse to Boston College? If you... Uh, you had, did you already close it? No, I didn't. Um, I'd like to know. Four hours and 53 minutes. That's not as bad as I thought it would be. So if you get the kid up there who doesn't, who wants to play big time football and doesn't, wants to stay close to home, you got a good chance to get it. It's not like there's just not a lot of them. I know they're not fighting a lot of other schools. That's true. To keep the, you know, that's true. especially with Connecticut. They're not in the same, you know, Connecticut's yeah, yeah, an, that's a, true. an afterthought now. I just think it's one of those schools that's always better than you think they're, yeah. they, they are. And it's, and it's why we'll have them ahead of Duke and Wake Forest, essentially, because, because Duke has won some games. Wake Forest has won an ACC title in the, in the, in the last few years. Duke is obviously, and it's sort of like heyday. You know, Duke, Duke actually, um, I did not realize this, Duke is third. Actually, I take that back. Maryland's actually third. Maryland's not an ACC school, but they're third with nine ACC titles all time. Duke is tied for second with NC State. Or tie, okay, let me get this right. Clemson and Florida State have the most titles. Maryland is number three with nine, but they're out. So number three on the list is a tie between Duke and NC State. They both have seven conference championships in the ACC. When's the last time they won one, though? Spurrier, I think. Yeah. So it's been a long time. To me, I mean, Wake. I Fort, mean, NC State's not. They're comparable programs to me. Duke. I'd rather coach at Duke because both schools you have to recruit nationally, and Duke has a better national brand because because of the basketball team, and it's a better school academically. Well, and I think the, frankly, I think the football stadium with the recent renovations, yeah. the football stadium is in much better shape. Um, but up until up until Cutcliffe, they were horrendous. They had they had yeah, a ten year stretch they, where they were, they were bad. Awful. These are two of the tougher programs in the country, Power Five, to win. And you know what? They both have really good coaches now, which is why they're consistent bowl teams. Yeah, that's a very fair point. Um, so I, I'm fascinated by go. this league because that middle group that we talked about, where you know some some schools are better in this league. Some schools are better than we think they should be. Some schools well, aren't as good as they we think they should be. And let's look at that middle group. We've got we've got Bronco Mendenhall doing pretty good work in two years. You got Mac Brown stepping back in. We don't know what to expect out of Scott Satterfield or Jeff Collins, but we like them a lot, right? Dave Doran's doing a pretty darn good job elevating the talent at NC State, and Justin Fuente we sort of still believe in. So if any one of those coaches turns into that rock star, th that program will move quickly to the top of that list. Okay, right? Let me ask you a question. Which fan base is least enthused about its current coach? Cause you didn't mention Syracuse. They got to love Dino Babers. I mentioned Duke and yeah, Wake Forest. I, just, I was just putting those five. I know. So I, I just, I think it's, I might be Pitt. Yeah, but like they just which, won a division. I'm just, I know, but which, so which weird. fan base is, le is the only team that can win a division and lose eight games. <laughs> What were they? Seven and seven, I think, I think, on the year. So Clemson loves its coach. Florida State might be. No, Florida State hates a coach. Right. Okay. Right, right now, but that'll change. Right. Miami. They'll, they'll get Miami. You, I think Miami will hate its coach eventually. <laughs> <Okay>. eventually. <laughs> but it's everyone bad. else, pretty. I, I don't know if the NC State fans love Dave Dorn. 
That's I think that's wrong of them. I I'm just you know, just, just uh, Dave Dorn has grown on me, um, but but like not like in like a fine wine sort of way, but sort of like in a mold but behind the toilet kind of way. Like it's uh, I'm sure he loves it's that. Gotten, but it's. No, it's no, not how gonna, about, it's how not about this? Kill you. No, no, no. Let me change. That's a really bad insult. <laughs> I, I, how about this? It's like the spiders in my crawl space. Like they do a lot of good down there. They're eating up all the insects. They're eating up all the things that could break into my house. The spiders have no desire to get into my house. They're down there doing good work, man. They're grinding it out. I don't really want to get down in there with them, but they're 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 doing a good work. This is they're very, underrated. Very strange. They're underrated. The spiders are underrated. Is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? No, it makes no, <laughs> it makes no sense. Spiders in your crawl space are underrated. Yeah, but Dave Dorn's a lot better than that, though. Okay. <laughs> he also tried to leave and got ghosted by University of Tennessee, so I don't know what that means either. Yeah. So, um, NC State, why aren't you better? Yeah, that's you have been recently yes. under Dave Dorn. Stop teasing us. This is a fantastic uh, league as far as debating these jobs because there's so many intricacies and sort of idiosyncrasies about each one that make each one a little different and. You know, ge- geographically, they're all sort of the same. I, I think the ACC is really fascinating in the middle. And over the next ten years, if one of these coaches becomes great, and the, and the and the support for one of these coaches becomes even better, like Clemson did for Dabo, one of these programs could easily move to the top of this. Yeah, list. And so. one thing, and you mentioned, I forgot who you were talking about, but it might have been, I can't remember which schools. Like, we, we we pay attention to a lot. We can look at a lot of big picture things, but there's a lot of football programs. We don't know the inner workings and the politics of some of these schools. If there's a new chancellor who's done this or the, right, athletic, right, you know, right. so there, there's factors that make certain jobs okay. more desirable. But we're just we're just t- taking a big picture. Well, there's your ACC big picture look, ranking the programs. I've got Clemson one, Florida State two, Miami three, Virginia Tech four, NC State five, Georgia Tech six, Louisville seven, North Carolina eight. Virginia 9, Pittsburgh 10, Syracuse 11, Boston College 12, Duke 13, and Wake Forest 14. And you didn't disagree with me on anything. Right. I did, well, I you did the for exact a while, same and 14. then you talked me into it because you're so persuasive. That's what I do. That's what I do. All right. Just keep talking until the person says, <laughs> fine. I agree. Thanks for listening, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Mitch Light, Braden Gall, at Athlon Mitch, at Braden Gall. Check us out. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, podcast at athlonsports.com. Thanks for listening. Cover two podcasts.